Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Everybody to Aussie Tech Eds this week, episode 374. How are you going? It's uh, Glenn, and I'm here to this week to bring you another show of all tech news, tech news that's uh, interested us, and we hope that it will interest you as well, and you'll get something out of it. Stay, stay with us for the next hour or so as we go through all that and more. Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by the Aussie Tech Heads web hosting, and you can find that at athwebhosting.com.au. If you're looking for a fast professional server on Australian soil, why not give us a go from plans from $5.95 uh, per month. That's... Uh, Cheaper twice the price. So uh, jump in and have a look at that, athwebhosting.com.au. And also uh, brought, uh, also broadcasting on phasefm.com.au, 104.5 FM in the uh, regional Australia. So if you can't uh, pick that up anywhere on your little radio, go to phasefm.com.au and you can listen to it through your, your tune-in app on, the, uh, on your iPhone or you can listen to it through the web player, whatever you want to do. All right, so it's a big hello to the guys who are with us this week is Shane. Hey, young Shane. I'm good, Glenn. Yeah, uh, had a good week. Um, still on my forced holiday, but hopefully that's coming to an end soon. I should hear about a job I went for uh, last week. I should hear by tomorrow. Good. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully things will be looking up. We're Sounds um, good. already starting to – we've already got the travel bug back again, so we're starting to look at um, other places we want to go – Back to the US. We're oh, yes. contemplating New York. Um, we've got it narrowed down to New York, Orlando, and Washington. But um, if one of those goes, we're thinking maybe New York might get dropped off because we're not sure if it's a kid-friendly place. Hmm. Well, as long as you're catered for, who cares? <laughs> that's all. That's, that's all you need. You can uh, baby get a babysitter or something. And uh, also on the, uh, you're you're pretty hot there over there, aren't you? Shane? You're, Shane's in Perth. For those of you who do do don't do not know, uh, what what's the weather Down like over the there? It's bushfires and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, last weekend we had the we had the forty degrees that the east coast has, has had or is still having. Uh, and yeah, we did have a, a fire that was up in the hills, not too far from where I live, actually. And um, it. It went through, and I think the last count, it flattened 52 houses, 300 and something houses got wow. damaged in to certain degrees. One one person unfortunately lost their life defending their house, yeah, uh, yeah. and, yeah, and so they know what started it. And hmm. uh, apparently, it was a um, uh, a power pole on a on private property. Right. So it wasn't actually anything. Oh, yeah, I read that, that in the newspaper. Yeah, they're saying that um, because it was private property, then the um, company is not responsible for it. The individual is, and Ooh, wow. the individual's an 80, 84 year old lady who says, "Well, the best I can do is look at it, look fine to me, but what do I know? I'm not trained in this sort of stuff. So you guys need to do something." So it's going back and forth now. Yeah, right. It's and a bit of a legal minefield. And that other yeah. other voice you just heard is Jason. He's back with us. Uh, Happy New Year, Jason. Hey, happy new year, 2014. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Now you've had a good break. Uh, you've been traveling around Melbourne and uh, what, north, mid-north coast, New South Wales. You've been going everywhere, haven't you? Yeah, down near Canberra at Cooma. We went up Threadbow, up the mountains there, saw some snow. Nice. Which was very exciting for my daughter, who's been dying for years to go see the snow, and she finally did, but now she wants to see it actually falling from the sky. So, so what is there, snow in January? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't very much. It was just like a patch of about, you know, 100 metres by 400 metres or something like that that was still not melted yet. So Yeah, right. <laughs> we got to pick up pick up some of that, make snowballs and chuck them at each other. So that was good. Right, yes. And I couldn't help myself. I've gone and bought some more technology. So this is my Fitbit. Oh, what does that do? That one measures your steps and uh, how distance that you walk, how many flights of stairs you go up and down. 
and tries to guess how many calories you've used and uh, also monitors your sleep patterns. Oh, right. So you got that what strapped to you somehow. Is that right? Yep. It's got a... Um, you can see there it's currently got the um, 7.25 kilometres oh, I've walked off. today. It's got a little clip on the back, so you clip it onto yeah. either your belt, your pants, or your bra, they say. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't got one of those. <laughs> your manzy. <And>, um, <laughs> it's got a little sleeve that you wrap around your arm and you stick it in there overnight, and it measures your movement, so it knows when it knows when you're sleeping, it knows when you're awake, Ooh. and it records all that during the night, and then uh, automatically uploads it to the website through your phone. Nice. And uh, you can compete against your friends. They've got uh, rankings there, so you can see how many how many kilometres or how many steps your friends have done. See so if you can beat them, that sort of thing. You can record your weight and how much water you've drunk for the day. So it's got like a daily limit of how much you're supposed to have drunk. So you enter in manually for that yeah. one. Yeah. And uh, once you get up to the amount you're supposed to have, you get a nice smiley face on the website and in your app and it uploads it to the website and you can put your weight in there manually and record yeah, all that as well. So yeah, well, cool. how, how much and where from? This one I got from Harvey Norman for $119 for their half yearly sale last weekend. Oh, okay, nice. So what's that? That's yeah. a, what normally what recommended is what it must be nearly 160 yeah, or something. 129 or so. Oh, okay, right, right, cool. Didn't do that much, but you can see there. There's a little flower that grows the more activity that you do, <laughs> and it's it's really cool. You uh, when you set it up, you um, you can set it to sync with an application on your desktop, but you have to open that every time you want to do anything. So you just get an app for your iPhone or your Android, and mm -hmm. uh, configure it. It connects through Bluetooth and um, Bluetooth LE, and then so it doesn't use too much battery. But then uh, you you can put your name into it so that. Uh, if it's been sitting there on the table for half an hour or whatever, it shuts itself down after a few minutes because it doesn't detect any movement. And when you pick it up, it'll say something like, now it says, burn it. <laughs> burn it, Warlock. <laughs> oh, so good stuff. It, my name is Warlock. So it's just got these random random phrases like, good job, Warlock, burn it, Warlock, go for it, Warlock, and stuff mm. like that, which is pretty cool, I think. <laughs> just in time for the biggest loser to start this week. Good stuff. It is, and I am, so I'm hoping to lose a lot this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, me and you should have a competition. It might, might motivate me. All right, now yep. uh, let's go back to Shane and his, uh, his tech history uh, details. What's happened this week over the course of the Earth's history uh, to do, all to do with tech? Uh, Shane, what have you got for us this week? All right, pretty quiet week in strictly tech terms. I've added a couple of ones that are closely related to tech uh, and as we know this is courtesy of Tom Merritt's chronology of tech first one I'm going to jump to is January 14 1878 Alexander Graham Bell demonstrated the telephone to Queen Victoria at her Osborne house estate on the Isle of Wight he reached out and touched her a Ooh. faux pas which made the uh, which made him the first commoner in years to lay hands on the royal person. Yes, you don't um, do that. As we know, more recently, Paul Keating did it to the Queen. Yes, he did. And you're not allowed to touch royalty. Forbidden. Mm. No. <laughs> no. January, so January 14, 1973, Elvis Presley's concert Aloha from Hawaii was broadcast live via satellite and set a record as the most watched broadcast by an individual entertainer in television history. Wowzers. Now, I think that that record, now I think that, I think Tom might have to update that because that is not quite true. Is uh, There's a word left out of that. And I think it was, because uh, I think the record may still stand. But obviously, you'd be saying no. There's been other, you know, other entertainers that have eclipsed that. But it's the uh, it was a live broadcast around the world, and I think it was he was the most seen live uh, for a single. Yeah, it is live. Yeah, for a was single broadcast live by satellite. Yes, yeah, but then the, the next the next part sort of well, I don't know. That's how I read it anyway. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so I think that record still stands. I think groups and everything have eclipsed it, such as the, you know, that thing in nineteen eighty eight or something, the whatever it was. Well, Live Aid and all yeah, that all that sort of stuff. Yep. All right, uh, next one, please. Uh, January fifteenth, two thousand and one, Wikipedia, the free wild content encyclopedia, yeah. went online as a feeder project in new P uh, for Newpedia. An expert written online encyclopedia. Wow. And um But I don't yeah, know. It's like, good to get information from, but you're not allowed to use it um you're not allowed to reference it for uni things and, and you know, papers like that. 
Oh, really? Because I know, I know you've got to be careful, yeah. but you could, well, I suppose you could probably get the info out of Wikipedia and then you could, you know, go and, and reference it from a more reliable source. But yeah, I remember the days of the, the reference books in the libraries, you know, all the encyclopedias and all that sort of stuff. Um, what else you got? January 16, 1986, the Internet Engineering Task Force, IETF, met for the first time in San Diego to supervise the design and deployment of the Internet Protocol. Mm. Yeah, right, okay. on. Yeah. Um, January 16, <laughs> no 2007, comment. Blizzard released the first expansion to its widely successful World of Warcraft game. The Burning Crusade raised the level cap and allowed players... Uh, players flying mounts at least when they were in Udan. And I think that is actually spelled correctly. It's probably one of those worlds of Warcraft mm. worlds. Yeah, right. I don't play World of Warcraft. Uh, okay, let's go to January 18, 2012. Oh, we're jumping one? Yep, okay. Uh, January 18, 2012. Many websites led by, Red, uh, led by Reddit, Wikipedia and others conducted an internet blackout to protest the U.S. Sopper and Pippa bills. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I think it was also Google had a, had a blackout day as well, didn't they? Was it? No, they had a couple yeah, of hours of or something. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't Google anything for some reason. No, instead of there being uh, their white site, oh, and you know, like it is, it was, their, it was a black site. Mm, yep. <laughs> All right. And uh, what's that? The, yeah, the last two, please. Yep, uh, January 19, 1983, Apple released the Lisa, the second commercial computer with a graphical user interface. After the Xerox Star, it, uh, it only cost, only cost uh, $9,995. Highly successful machine. Highly, highly not successful. That's a lot of money, especially in 1983, $10,000. That must have been almost $100,000. That's just that's yeah. just massive. Probably more. Uh, that's that's too much. And last one, Shane. January 19, 1986, Brain became the first computer virus released into the wild. It was a boot sector virus transmitted by floppy disks. The Farouk Alvi brothers of Lahore, Pakistan, created the virus. Oh, those bloody Pakis, eh? They, they created the first virus. Well, that's no good. All right, thanks for that, Shane. That was Shane's Tech History, what happened on this week, over the course of this week, uh, all those many years ago. Uh, so I hope you liked that one. All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back very soon. Okay, now, before we go on to some stories, I just wanted to uh, read out... I've got a comment on a YouTube, and I thought I'd uh, read it out. It's from... The Phil, by Fielding P, that's his name off the YouTube. Goes, uh, we were talking last week about car keys and keyless entry and all that sort of stuff. He goes, hi guys, just a comment about keyless entry for cars and push button starting. We, got, we just got one because we had to upgrade, uh, we had to upgrade level to get features we wanted. Mm, yeah, it makes sense of that. And ended up with this function. Push button entry means you are not fiddling around trying to find your keys. Helps heaps especially if you are carrying stuff the key fob contains a regular key that can be pulled out if you need to use it yes and i've got one of those on my car and that is very good because as long as the keys are on you the car senses that you have the keys and therefore it will allow you to push a button on the door handle or start the start the car whatever push button start again with the key override adds convenience in summary a convenience that will become more common wouldn't pay a whole lot to get it, though it was optional, just waiting for the new chip to be available, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, good on you. And if you want to leave a uh, also a comment on YouTube, go for it. Why not? Uh, the show is up on YouTube every week. It's at youtube.com forward slash Aussie Techhead. So leave a comment uh, or send us an email. And, um, yeah, do that. All right, now, look, let's get straight into some stories then. We have got, I'll do the first one because you get something for free. And we all like something for free. How about 50 gig? of free storage. I always seem to miss these. You know, when SkyDrive was doing the free stuff and when uh, Google was doing the free gigs, but hey, and Dropbox, well, this one, I didn't miss out on. 50 gig of free storage for life uh, on, on Box. That's what it is, Box.com, I think it was. Now, if you've got an iOS app, you, you, all you have to do is download the app and that's it. Uh, you enter your phone number and it sort of matches you up and everything like that and all of a sudden you've got 50 gig to play with. 
So it's offering a ton of free storage, 50 gigs, if you download the new iPhone app. Now, apparently, it only lasts for 30 days. So if you want it, get to it straight away. Um, fortunately, no Android app. Uh, no, and Androiders don't get the 50 gig at this moment, but I think from my little hunting around, it was about two years ago that Android had access to the 50 gig, so you've had your turn, and now it's, now it's uh, iOS turn. But hopefully, you know, in the near future, the uh, Android will be back online with the 50 gig. So no news for the Androids. Uh, keep an eye on blog.box.com. So uh, is that, uh, Jason, is, you use Box? You've heard of Box? I've heard of it. I don't use don't it. Don't use it? Yeah, that's not too bad. Are you a little uh, free storage whore? You go around <laughs> getting I, uh, all the... I've got uh, Dropbox. Um, I've got uh, the Microsoft uh, SkyDrive. And because I joined early with that, I got 25 gigs with that. So, Sweet, I missed that. Uh, those two plus the iCloud plus the Google Drives plus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much around there now. Yeah, well, I've also got... I prefer... There's, you see all the time a lot of uh, new startups coming up going, here... Well, not Box, it's been around forever, but, you know, new startups going, hey, we've just launched our own storage here, have 50 gigs free, and I'm like, I don't know if you're going to be around longer. You know, <laughs> I know Microsoft's going to be around, yes, I know right. Google and Apple are going to be around, Dropbox probably too, because they've got a lot of investment money, but mm. um, anybody new, I'm still very sceptical of, and because I've got so much at the moment. I don't know what to do with it all. No, I really don't store that much. <laughs> I've got photos. They go on Facebook. If I want them again, I can get them out of Facebook or yeah. Picasa, which, well, which is now um, Google Photos or whatever. So, mm. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, but I think Box has been around for a little while. Uh, yeah, that's it? what I was saying. Box yeah. has been around, so it's trustworthy, box.net and um, mm. all the other ones as well. Yeah. But anything new that's come out, you know, in the last six months and they, they try, you know, giving away... Even if they give it away, I still don't want it. <laughs> well, look, I think this is a good uh, this is a good ploy. I think because I was thinking, I was thinking just about this before, thinking you know like Dropbox. You obviously think when you come to online storage, thinking about online storage, you're just immediately thinking Dropbox, and, and yeah, and I think this is a good ploy because Dropbox. What I think it's seven gig free. You might be able, or is it five gig free? Where you can add up to seven if you know share it on Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yep. I think, you know, yes, if, if you can get enough users just, just dumping, just signing up for 50 gig, well, then if they're heavy users and at some start, and, but, but then again, then again, you must have to be a heavy user if you're going to have to pay for this service because you filled up 50 gig. Like, you'd have yeah. to be, a, you know, like, who is that going to be? So, yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's a... It's Tim.com. Yes. Yeah, probably a tricky one to get your head around, isn't it, to find out when will it become profitable for them. Uh, I'm guessing that they're overselling the space. Uh, I don't think they're actually allocating you 50 gig on their hard drives. I'm pretty sure they'd be overselling like they like you would. Everybody does, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Shane, do you use uh, anything like that or are you drop your Dropbox fan? The only problem I have is that, I mean, because I use a combination of things as well, but it's hard to keep track of what I've got where. Everything I've got, goes to a service um, that I use called iDrive, which I pay about 50 bucks a year for, and that's 150 gig. Um, but then my uni stuff that I, when I was doing uni, that was going on SkyDrive. Then work stuff, the stuff for the show and everything, that was going into Dropbox. Mm. Um, stuff for work was going into, uh, I think that was going into SkyDrive as well. And it was just, and then now with, um, the Android, um, with my Android phone, and I, I didn't ask for this or anything, but now all of a sudden the photos that are actually on the phone are either being sucked up into Dropbox automatically yes, right. or um, a Google or Google service. Yes. And, like, I took a video of my son doing a magic card trick last night and um, that was automatically sucked up into some Google cloud service. Yeah, you've probably got some little backup photos ticked or something like that but yeah because that was a i had that with dropbox and my photos but i, I turned that off because i was just duplicating all over the place I, I couldn't understand what was going on i was getting really confused but uh yeah just, i was getting really confused but all right uh, my yeah. problem is i take so many photos that a lot of them i really don't want to keep <laughs> yes. i don't want them all automatically uploading and using up my 3g's and wi-fi's and all sorts of space everywhere mm. i just want to pick out the select ones i want and upload them manually thanks well, I got, I got some Google Drive space. 
I suppose you call it, it wasn't called that when I bought it. And it, it's five bucks a year for 20 gig and it's just for uh, yep. photos only. And I got some of that and they don't offer it for five bucks anymore, but, uh, but they, they, they grandfathered me. So that was nice. Uh, and cool. yeah, that's all, that's just for my photos and stuff. And I used the Picasso and yeah, works great. Works good for me. So it's, it's, it's all great. Now, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at uh, Glenn, Jason, or Shane at aussietechheads.com.au. You can get the other guys that are sometimes here, and that's Will and Eric at aussietechheads.com.au. And also, don't forget, if you're uh, into your Mac and your iOS, there is the Aussie Mac Zone, which is also uh, a weekly show which you can get more uh, Apple-dedicated sort of content. So look out for that uh, in the iTunes or on your local Phase FM uh, station. All right, and we're going to go and listen to some tunes right now, and we're going to come back and have some a uh, lot more fun. Rightio, back with you. Okay, uh, who wants to have a story? Let's go uh, Warlock. Jace. Alrighty, following tens of thousands of consumer complaints, Apple has agreed to refund at least $32.5 million to U.S. customers for children's purchases from its app store without parental consent. Apple also has to change its billing practices to make it more obvious that an actual purchase is taking place during the course of a game or app. And uh, the mass refund will not affect Australian parents, but follows local crackdown and awareness campaign Australia's competition watchdog on potentially misleading free games and apps mm. that trick children into spending their parents' money on in-game purchases. In December, the ACCC found hundreds of free smartphone apps targeted at children that failed to warn parents about potential costly in-game purchases. They're now considering legal action as engaging with the industry to ensure adequate disclosure about costs associated with app-based games. So I think we uh, spoke about this uh, before, like early in previous episodes on the show. And yes, yeah, so, so all this is about when you purchase a game for your for your little one on the iPad, you know, it says, do you want to purchase this? Put your password in. You put your password in and then what, for 15 minutes afterwards, that password is still active. And Remembered, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, they, and if they push, oh, yeah, I, I want the uh, the Kluger hands add-on or I want, I want the big beasting hat and all this sort of stuff, all these add-ons, yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just goes through, straight through. Straight the other through. problem with that is they might say, oh, can I just want to buy this one thing for 99 cents. Is that okay? And you go, okay, yeah. So you put in, type in your password, there's 99 cents. I don't care about that. And then you get a bill for 100 bucks. You're like, whoa, what, what, wait, what? Because mm. it still remembers it for 15 minutes. So it's all... You know, configurable and disableable, and always has been. But uh, by default, it's on, and Joe Blow is not going to think that he has to block his kids from no. accessing those kind of things, and he would think that it'd still be accessible or that they could purchase it in game. Mm. So, if if you think you've fallen for this, or you know, you may you may fall into this trap, just go to the Apple Store and ask them how to yeah disable that feature. I'm sure they'll they'll give you the heads up. But it's something that they should probably disable by default and then you just unlock it or or extend the time, you know. Uh, they may yep. do after this little fine, but what's thirty five million to them? They got change yeah that's right that's uh, that falls out of tim cook's pockets doesn't it as he walks down the street that's uh yeah that's yep. nothing at all uh shano what have you got for us this hello. week hello i'm gonna start with a i'm gonna start with a just a quick story about uh change to some mobile charges or yeah mobile charges boost mobile cuts data allowances boost mobile which is now operated by telstra is slashing the data uh to, it offers to its customers. Boost has cut data on its $40 offering from 3 gigabyte down to 2 gigabyte in an announcement on its Facebook page. Most of its customers don't use more than 2 gigabyte, so it doesn't really matter, according to them. Well, why change 2 it? gigabyte is... Well, exactly. <laughs> but um, stupid, 2 eh? gigabyte isn't enough for you. Boost will uh, be including data in its add-on packs from the 18th of February. $5 adds uh, $250 meg for five days. $15 adds one gig for, for use within 10 days. And $25 adds 1.5 gig for use within 15 days. You can't have more than $50 worth of add-ons um, based on their policies and everything. And um, for those who don't know, they're a prepaid mobile provider, I believe. They don't do any contracts or anything like that. It's all just prepaid accounts. Yes, it's all, it's all money for nothing, isn't it? Bandwidth charges, eh? Money for 
nothing, pretty much. Like yeah. they've got the infrastructure there, nice, I know, right. and, the, and the upkeep. But geez, you know. But yeah. And what I find interesting about those stories is, yeah, it says, well, no one uses over two gigs, so but we're gonna. So that's why we're gonna change it. But if no, if they don't care, why are they changing it? Yeah, you know. Uh, maybe. Maybe you could go up to the CEO of Boost with one of these little devices. It's an iPhone case that doubles as a stun gun. And apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's got a 650,000 volt charge in it. So, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild. Inside the case, and now this is brought to us from a company called Yellow Jacket. It's a 650,000 volt stun gun that you can activate by pressing a button on the side of the case. A five-second or longer tase could bring a grown man to his knees, apparently. So I wouldn't like to be getting stung with that little baby. It apparently won't cause any lasting damage. Yeah, right. The company makes it difficult to accidentally stun yourself, if you accidentally sat on it. Before the activation switch works, you need to flip off the cover on the metal prongs and flip the safety switch. Quick and easy enough when you're feeling threatened, but unlikely to happen by mistake. Uh, another neat feature of this yellow jacket case is the case doubles the charge of your phone and will keep 10% reserved battery for emergencies. That's what you need. I mean, you can use the stun gun feature on the case even when it's otherwise dead. Well, that's what you need, isn't it? So that's, uh, look, I've got a price here. You can get these. US uh, currently sells the cases for iPhone 4 and 4S for 99 US with the iPhone 5, 5S and Samsung Galaxy cases on the way for the Northern Hemisphere Spring, which is our autumn. So there you go. Keep an eye up there. I can't, I can't see that these things are going to be legal for too long. Are you allowed to carry around a stun gun? I don't think you are. I don't not think that you, I know. No, I don't think you're allowed. Don't believe so. No, no, not no, no, definitely not. All right, uh, Jace, what else have you got? Alrighty, the next version of Windows is slated to arrive by April 2015, as the current version, Windows 8, is tanking, according to a report. The new iteration, Windows 9, is codenamed Threshold, according to a report from blogger Paul Therott. Windows 8 is tanking harder than Microsoft is comfortable discussing in public, and the latest release, 8.1, which is a substantial and free upgrade with major improvements over the original release, is in use on less than 25 million PCs at the moment. Throughout claim, Microsoft will release more details about its Windows-related plans at its Build Developer Conference in April this year. Those plans might include an update to Windows 8.1 as well as Windows Phone 8.1, both of which would ship in April 2014. Microsoft will reportedly overhaul its Metro design language in Windows 9, although it won't be released as an alpha version during the build conference. The, plan, the company plans to launch three milestone releases of Windows 9 before the final version hits the shelves. It's not clear what changes are coming, but it's safe to assume that a windowed mode that works on the desktop is part of that. And something I only just found this minute on the internet, Microsoft today announced it will continue to provide updates to security products anti-malware engine and signatures for Windows XP users through to July 14, 2015. Previously, the company said it would halt all updates on the same day as the end of support for Windows XP, April 8, 2014. For consumers, this means Microsoft Security Essentials will continue to get updates after support ends for Windows XP. How about that? Yes, so, uh, yes, yeah, so it's apparently... Uh this this XP, it's harder to harder to kill than Steven Seagal. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Microsoft uh, they're going to ship the final security patches uh, uh, patches for known vulnerabilities in less than three months. So security patches and or, or patches for vulnerability, you know the word vulnerabilities. Vulnerability. Yeah, they're going to. I think they're still slated to finish. Uh, in April for XP, but yeah. they're going to keep the the antivirus signatures going on and on and on until uh, yeah, as as Jay said, 2015. Uh, but through their security essentials, but it's just, it's come out recently and from Microsoft even that security essentials is has not really anything to you know write home about. Apparently, it came in last in all the polls and everything. And Microsoft said, yeah, don't rely on it. So you know, why have they even bother? Why even waste their money? But uh, AV. Now, I've got another XP one leading on from that. Uh, Kaspersky, Bitdefender, and I, Avira. I've never heard of that one. A-V-I-R-A, for example. 
which placed one, two, and three in AV tests September's October 2013 examin of, examination of antivirus products for Windows XP have pledged to support consumers until 2018. January 2016 and April 2015, respectively. So the antivirus guys uh, are, looks like they're still up and up and ready to uh, try and do the right thing. But again, this is not to fix backdoor, you know, trojans or anything like this. It's just the vulnerability, the the security. It's the it's the uh, virus definitions that are being updated. So if someone finds a backdoor way into your XP, that's not going to get fixed. Why you want XP anyway? You can't, you know, you can't use anything but anything further than Internet Explorer 8. It's rubbish. So on the business side, apparently Kaspersky, Symantec and Trend Micro products uh, top the list. Kaspersky will support its endpoint antivirus software on XP until the second half of 2016. Trend Micro till the second half, or till January 30, 2017. Symantec has not set an end date. So, uh, you know, that might all sound all bloody like giggles and wine but the thing is it's you got to get off xp and i know it's a, it must be hard for businesses because their their whole for 13 years like their whole infrastructure has been built on the xp and they've they've got to all of a sudden probably spend the whole 13 years worth of coin trying to um you know design get windows 7 or 8 to work as they want it uh yeah so that's uh windows xp it's uh, it's getting harder and harder to kill off all right well, let's take a break there because I am thirsty and I need a drink. So we'll be back and uh, after after this short break. Rightio. So we've done all the the AVs and the the Windows Nine and all that sort of stuff, and we're going to go crossing over to Shane. He's got a, he's got another gem for us. What have you got? What do you got for us this time, Shane? I do. The next story I'm going to do is a story about Kogan. Hmm. All right, Kogan has, and I didn't realise this until I read the story, Kogan uh, had a stall or a booth over at CES. So unveiled at CES today, which was a few days ago now, um, an LED 55-inch ultra high-definition 4K TV packs in, a, uh, packs in a resolution of 3,840 by 2,160 uh, pixels. Four HDMI ports, Wi-Fi and wired Ethernet, and a micro SD card slot. It's also a smart TV running Android 4.2 with access to the Google Play Store. The TV has uh, a bezel that um, the bezel and the stand are a sleek silver, uh, while the rear of the TV is white. The Kogan has told us um, at the CES event that um, there isn't plans to do any other colours just yet. Most 4K, most 4K TVs from bigger players like Sony, Samsung, LG will run you at least $6,000 in stores, but this one is available online from late January for $999. The closest competitor to Kogan's sub-1000 4K is Hisense, I think it's pronounced, who is selling a 55-inch TV for $2,499. Wow. wow. you got to uh, question the, the quality, though, don't you? Like when there's, you know, $1,500 difference, you'd have to question the quality. Yeah, well, why would I you mean, get one anyway? Because at CES, everyone's announcing 8K TVs now. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, nice. Well, that's obsolete already before you even yep. got one. <laughs> but like, yeah, not that yeah but that's the same as cars. You know, Mercedes oh, hasn't right. really got anything more in it than, than a, you know, a Commodore, but look at the price difference. And as long as you've got your warranty. What, it's got a yeah, nice smell. I believe what, yeah, Kogan, I think what they do is they, when they manufacture their TVs, they claim to at least get the better product. So they might, that TV might have a, the, the display of an LG. It might have the, uh, you know, the connectors from a Sony. It might have the frame and the bezel and the stand from a, um, you know, a Panasonic. And, you know, so it, I'm pretty confident it's, yeah, it's, Quality, it, it's value for money. I wouldn't say it's probably the best TV on the market, mm. but I reckon it's value for money. Mm. There's only about uh, one company, one or maybe two companies that make uh, LCD screens and plasma screens anyway, and uh, everybody just buys it from the one place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so look, if you're looking for a 4K TV, go and uh, check out the good old Kogan down there. He's, he's coming along, jumping leaps and bounds, isn't he? He's uh, Their little shop is just... He's in the news all the time. He's uh, yeah, he's doing good. And look, they do have some funky little products. And 
Yeah, look, I shouldn't diss their TV because I haven't even seen one. So, but look, you go and check it out if you have to fork home. I'm sure it's good. If it's going to CES, gee, it'd want to be good. So I'm sure it, sure it holds its own up. Now, here's some good news for people in Brizzy. Apple, ha- Apple opens their new Brisbane store. So that, that'll happen Friday, 17th of January. So there you go, Apple, Apple Heads, now in Brisbane. It will be Apple's 21st store in Australia. And apparently, just the, uh, it's just the first... It, what, what, what? It, it will be Apple's 21st store in Australia and just the first street front store in Queensland. So Apple also has two stores in the shopping centre in Brisbane and another on the Gold Coast. Now, the Brisbane outlet will be its third street front store in Australia after the uh, flagship store in George Street in Sydney and Perth City Outlet. What's the Perth one look like, Shane? Is that a funky-looking building? Is that, a, is that something special? Uh, it's, on, it's on King Street, which probably means nothing to you guys, but basically King Street is where all the high-end fashion stores are. Uh, it's in, smack bang in, in the CBD, so it's easy to get to for people who work in the CBD. Um, a bit hard to kind of get to from the people who live in the suburbia. Mm. But um, no, I believe that yeah, the rent's kind of pretty high. Well, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Now, look, I've got some... Uh, if you go and have a look, go and Google some photos <clears> of this joint. I'm just passing a few around here. It's in the old MacArthur building. Uh, the, the Apple Hub takes up the entire bottom level of the building and features 200 touch points. So uh, Apple, which is Apple speak for gadgets you can play with. So inside the store, as you would imagine, is just the clean white, you know, with the with the normal coloured wood benches. Uh, about a hundred staff who speak at least a dozen languages will be employed. And when and this is a Apple Store leader, Johnny Walker <laughs> said, "What a great name, Johnny Walker." Well, when we took over this store, a lot of the original historic elements were either missing or in disrepair. So what we've done is we've painstakingly restored them to their original glory so yeah so that looks like another uh, really nice apple store doesn't it they they certainly know how to deck something out so that's uh that's open in brisbane go and check them that one out that looks good looks good uh i've only checked one apple store out that's uh rabina it's not street front just a little store okay look i've got another one while we're talking about before av uh, uh viruses and all this sort of stuff apparently avg been voted best uh, vendor by computer troubleshooters. So that's uh, good to know. And something else I, I also didn't know was that ABG has a, a pretty strong presence here in Australia with their uh, troubleshooting team. So ABG Technologies has been named Vendor of the Year. Uh, now, the guy says uh, it's because of their continuing success in the excellent quality in excellent quality locally based support crew which operates from the AVG offices in Cheltenham, Victoria. So good on you. The judge's comments underscored that by recognising that in AVG there was no language or time zone zone barriers. Response times were fast and the team understood their business and end customer needs. The judge acknowledged AVG's diversity of its product, the design and of its reseller program and its very favourable pricing for partners that have small to medium client bases. AVG has previously won the award in 2008, 2009, 2010 and 2012. So good on them. I didn't realise they were, had a little team in Australia. I might uh, have to uh, download that AVG. Have a look at it. Uh, anyone here use AVG? Shane, what do you use? Uh, I actually use AVG on my Android phone. Um, I used to use AVG back in the day before uh, Microsoft released their product that I had the utmost faith in until they said don't have any faith in it. Um <laughs> It, wow. but it, like with everything, it basically comes down to behaviour. If you don't go any, if you don't go into the dark parts of the internet and do anything stupid and all that kind of stuff, then you're pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I reckon so. And uh, what, what's your antivirus of choice, uh, Jace? Microsoft Security Essential. <laughs> oh, you love it. You on XP too, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes. He's our own Steve Gale. XP forever. <laughs> oh look, we've got we've got others in the in the lounge. Komodo, uh, that's another one. Yeah, I've I've heard of that one. Uh, I use Bitdefender. What do you use, Jace? Which one do you like? Or you are Security Essentials? Yeah, yeah. I've used um, AVG and Avast before. That uh, Aver that you hadn't heard of, but um, Security Essentials does me. I don't click on the stupid links. So. 
Yeah. I just don't go on the internet. Look, I, I was I was running uh, Security Essentials until Microsoft came out and said, don't trust it. And then I thought, oh, better change. <laughs> I'll do something else. I don't, <laughs> I don't want me uh, computer going down. Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, Jace, while you're there, what, what other stories have you got this week? Have you got anything else? Yeah, at Apple, he was renowned as one of the godfathers of the iPod, music's hottest device since the Walkman. So when Tony Fidel left the company in 2008 and co-founded a startup with another Apple engineer, there was considerable interest in what the pair were working on. After an 18-month wait, tech insiders were a little underwhelmed when Fidel announced his next project was not a cutting-edge entertainment device, but a thermostat. However, having sold his three-year-old company Nest to Google for $3.2 billion dollars, on Monday, these same detractors may now think otherwise. The deal is the second largest in Google's history after its $12.5 billion acquisition of mobile phone maker Motorola in 2011, comfortably eclipsing the $1.6 billion they paid for YouTube in 2006. Nest is best known for its smart thermostat, which learns your habits over time and adjusts the heat settings accordingly. It was created in a garage in Palo Alto, California. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. Yeah, Nest, the, what is it, $13.5 billion or something like that? Massive amounts of money. I heard that, so Google bought them. I heard that uh, that uh, Apple was, was rumouredly in the race, but uh, they pulled out or something happened and they, they didn't do it. But obviously it wasn't for I think the, everybody wanted Apple to buy Nest because it was sort of an Apple-type device. It was beautifully designed. It had a really nice display and everything just worked perfectly and uh, mm. saved you money. And um, they're thinking now that Google's trying to get into home automation things, so this could be one of their first steps in there. Mm. Yeah, everyone just try to out, outplay and outthink, don't they, each other? Like, oh, yeah, Google's just bought this. They're in the home automation zone. Now, you know, you'll hear rumours that, you know, Samsung have got home automation or something. It's the same with those watches. You know, there was a rumour yep. about the watch, and then all of a sudden everyone's got watches out, you know, smart watches. And well, maybe stuff. they bought it because people had the rumour that Apple's going to buy Nest, so Google's yeah. like, oh, we're going to buy it first. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. And we, we're gonna, everyone's going to have the watch before Apple and have the TV before Apple, and Apple's like, <laughs> we're not even thinking about those things. What do you guys come up with this stuff? Crazy. Pretty interesting to listen to, but... <laughs> yes. I'll tell you what, here's something else that you might want to listen to, a couple of songs. We'll be back shortly. Also, have you heard about our paper? AussieTechHeads.com.au forward slash paper gives you a nice little magazine style read on your iPad or on your desktop or possibly even on your iPhone. So just go to AussieTechHeads.com.au forward slash paper and there's not just tech stories but there's entertainment stories, business stories and all that sort of stuff. So jump on that. That's that's pretty good. Subscribe to it. It's free. So why not? What do you got to lose? And also if you want the news, some news headlines into your Twitter stream. I think three an hour, that should suffice. If you want that, just uh, follow Aussie Tech News. Yeah, spell Aussie, don't you? Uh, especially with Australia Day coming up. It's A-U-S-S-I-E. So, uh, yeah, Aussie Tech News on the Twitter. Shano's, what else have you got for us this week? All right. Next story I'm going to do is um, it's, a, it's a story that's kind of got a, a serious uh, part to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a story about Bitcoin. Yeah, a, a week can't go by when you... Yeah, can't do a story about Bitcoin or <laughs> oh, the NSA. No. Um, <laughs> I haven't got NSA stories tonight, but obviously I've got a Bitcoin story. So, um, yeah, so a lady called Anna Skelly came home from holiday with her husband to find her son dead on um, his bedroom floor after what looks to be a bad reaction to cocaine. So, it, like I said, it's a serious story and yeah, my sympathy is to go out to the family. The, where the Bitcoin kind of comes into it is it goes on to say that cocaine, which he reportedly acquired from an online drug marketplace, was financed by Bitcoin transactions. Wow. Now the Sydney mother, so she's in Sydney, so it's an Australian story. Now the Sydney mother is going on a crusade against cryptocurrency, calling for the federal government to ban it in Australia. What did she get? Anna Skelly. Well, I, I can understand her that she's upset but seriously why doesn't she go and ask, why don't trying to get cash banned at the same time yeah <laughs> well i understand well, the seriousness you, it's if, no good but seriously no yeah don't if you ban read on drugs, goes, don't ban drugs but ban the thing they buy it with you know it's like yeah. with piracy they go after people who download it not after people who that's are right. supplying it yeah they're going up no. wrong. if you get rid of the suppliers there's nothing for them to download hello <laughs> Sorry, what's, say what's the problem things. with putting Mary Thomas in the hospital, a 96-year-old woman who doesn't know what an internet is? 
mm. because of a movie download when there's a person out there who put it there in the first place. He's yeah, the one that yeah. goes, not her. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, sorry, Shane. Uh, please uh, finish your story. That's all right. He does go on to say that um, Anna Skelly has launched her own Change.org petition to have uh, Bitcoin banned in Australia. But then, like you guys have been saying, says rather than mine, uh, rather than mine some bitcoins to go spend online, Daniel reportedly paid money to the uh, into an internet bank account of crypto spend, uh, yeah, crypto spend, a sort of proxy service for buying bitcoin-related products. Crypto spend allows you to deposit real money into an account and place an order saying what you want the order for. Uh, hang on, placing an order saying what you want an online store before the site from which you purchased it delivers the item straight to your door. So in this case, he's obviously <laughs> used real money, converted it into a Bitcoin, bought the drugs, and apparently, um, reading between the lines, these drugs were somehow delivered to his front door. Express post. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, Mrs. Mrs. Skelly is calling for the an- anonymity behind Bitcoin transactions to be removed or for the currency to be banned in Australia altogether. And then it goes on to say exactly what you guys were saying. Uh, Mr. Scully is calling for the anonymity behind Bitcoin transactions to be... Oh, it's the same thing twice. Uh, the real villain in the tale is the online drug marketplace like uh, marketplaces like Silk Road, which sells these illicit substances to anyone with a Bitcoin wallet. In the same way, the police crack down on dealers on the street, uh, on a street corner, Law enforcement agencies are chasing down the owners of the drug uh, bazaars on the internet. Yeah, bazaars on the internet. Uh, it just takes time. So Treasurer Joe Hockey's also weighed into the argument, saying it um, uh, was reported saying in the Canberra Times that he understood the the basis of the petition and the campaign to ban Bitcoin in Australia, but said that any regulations against against Bitcoin needed to function at the international level rather than the federal level. But, yeah, exactly. The, the author or the, um, the journalist who wrote the article makes the same sort of argument as you guys were trying to do then, just mm. why, ban, why ban Bitcoin, the currency? It's not mm. Bitcoin's fault that no. his, son, that, that his son bought what he bought with Bitcoin. It's like That's right. he could have used regular money and, and done the same sort yeah. of thing. He Again, could've. it's a tragic sort of story and it's tragic circumstances and, mm. it, you know, it's unfortunate and sad that her son died. Yeah. But um, I think she's trying to blame the wrong people. Mm. Look, I tried to send a – well, I did send a hard drive over to Western Digital in Malaysia. I had a, I had one come back to me that didn't quite work. We're still under warranty. And I thought, oh, yes, uh, I'll send that back, you know, get the warranty, blah, blah, blah. The rigmarole – I don't know if you guys have ever tried sending stuff overseas, but the rigmarole of sending something overseas now is insane. It's insane. I, so I put it into a box and I you know, tightened the box up and all this sort of stuff. Went to the post office. I had to fill out this form that was like in, in quadruplicate. And I think it might have even been five, whatever that is. So five duplicate and it was just so much paperwork and then I, I went to the post office i was filling out forms for about five or ten minutes it was insane and especially with this malaysian address it was it was about five lines long and it was all this gobbledygook that i you know you, you can't just write freehand real fast but yeah apparently it's all systems go they took me driver's license number and everything you know it's all it's all gone crazy can't even send a hard drive. You had to say what was in it. You had to say what it was for, how much it was worth. Yeah, ID. ID to send a parcel overseas. Wow. What's going on, Jace? What's going on? Uh, have you got Crazy. any more? Yeah, you got any more? Yeah. Are you thinking about quitting your job? A new app aims to help relieve the stress and anxiety of confronting your boss with the news by sending a text message instead. Oh, nice. Well, if you're quitting anyway, what's he going to do, fire you? Oh, Although yes. the new iPhone app is meant to be funny, its creators are hoping it will take off and people use it to leave jobs. The Quit Your Job app takes you through users through a series of steps to determine why they are leaving and then crafts a text message that's sent directly to the boss. Despite all the advances of technology, we still quit our jobs the same way we did hundreds of years ago, said Alex, chief executive of The Ladders. There's a lot of anxiety around the resignation process, so we use technology to ease the pain in that moment, make it seamless to break up with your boss. As it said, the first few months of New Year are the busiest time for job searches. Many will wait for the end of year bonuses before making a move to a new position. 
It always correlates with New Year's resolutions. People think, I'm not happy and want to make a move. He said, I might try out that app myself and see how it goes. Yes, well, I've heard, you know, I think there a lot of people, I think, use text messages to uh, text in sick. But, yeah, to actually quit, I don't know if that's as, is, as easy as that. You still have to go in and sign a bit of paper, surely. You've got to sign something. <laughs> you can't just text it. But anyway, but as it said, it was in I quit was a for you. Hugs and kisses, Jace. Yeah. <laughs> Hugs and, yeah, that's right. Uh, how many jobs have you quit, Jace? In your in your existence, uh, a couple, couple, yeah, yep. um, and quit for another one, another one reasonably soon. Right, <laughs> yeah, and, and what what are you going to look forward to? Bigger and better things. Moving south. Oh, oh, right, right. So that they're not going to accommodate you in your move. I don't think they're going to have any spare positions down there. So yeah, that's for me thing. to find somewhere new. You know, I've been there twelve years. That's a shame because you'd be you'd have long service up as, and everything. Hey, yep. Hey, out. Ka-ching. Yeah, oh, well, it's only a week, an extra week a year, isn't it? That's all right. doesn't matter. Yep. Tell them that you know someone who's a perfectly good replacement who's looking for work at the moment. <laughs> but you're in Perth. Are you going to come to Sydney? You're going to live in Sydney? You might be able to take his I'd, job. I'd be willing to, to move anywhere. Sydney wouldn't be my first choice because it's a bit busy. Um, oh. But, you know, if I compared... Working in Sydney versus starving in Perth, I'd take working in Sydney any day. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. And I'll tell you what also sounds good is uh, we're going to wrap the show up after this. We're going to come back and a uh, couple more stories and whatever else we uh, feel like talking about. All right, back soon. All right, you can't get enough of tech news and all this sort of stuff? Well, you need to head over to AussieTechRadio.com. That's right, AussieTechRadio.com, where there are heaps of tech shows back-to-back. And uh, that's the Shoutcast. You get Shoutcast app on your iPhone or your Android. Listen to it off the webpage. Uh, instructions on the webpage at uh, AussieTechRadio.com. Great shows like this show. And the Aussie Mac Zone. Also, TechWebcast.info. There's uh, two guys talking tech. There's Geeksphere TV. There's a whole lot of other stuff over there uh, on, that, on the uh, Shoutcast. So go and check that one out. All right. I know Shane does. You listen to it all the time, don't you, Shane? Uh, I do, yeah, not as much lately, but um, yes, it's a good service and, and yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And it's free. Cool. All right. Uh, now, Shane, have you got another story or are you just about out? No, I've got one left. Oh, good. No, the one. Uh, the story that I have got to wrap up with tonight is a story about a 16-year-old who thought he was doing the right thing but still got in trouble anyway. Uh, White Hat Hacking lands Aussie schoolboy in hot water. White Hat Hacking, for those who don't know, refers to someone who wants to find vulnerabilities in a particular organisation's infrastructure to save them from being exploited in uh, real life by the real bad guys. Companies usually uh, contract these people to do such work, which is why a 16-year-old Victorian schoolboy hacking his way (laughs) around public transport Victoria now in hot water despite his best intentions. The Age reports that the boy found a simple vulnerability in PTV, which is the, um, the what are they called? The Public Transport of Victoria, oh, which yeah. allowed him to gain access to the main user database. Um, that database included full names, addresses, contact information, um, and extracts of credit card information. The kid contacted the, um, the authority to alert them of the problem, but got no response because the organisation has now referred the matter to the police. There's possibility that he'll be charged uh, for his alleged crimes, even though he was trying to do the right thing. But doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, does it? You can't do that. You know, like it's like, say, you, you try a 16-year-old, he goes, look, uh, I think I might do some backburning. That's the right thing to do. And starts a bushfire. Still not the right thing to do. But uh, you can't do it. You can't do it. But I understand, like, the the uh, the um, the attraction to it because yeah you know oh yeah if I can get in here I'll see what's going on and just just the 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 thrill isn't it it's the thrill of it and most most crimes come with that sort of thrill and that's what people are after obviously all right cool uh, Jace did you have any lasting stories yeah just a light one just about every vendor at Las Vegas Convention Center was showing off some sort of wearable device for the world's biggest gadget show. Wearable gaming controller called the Prio VR consists of sensors to be strapped to the body to allow users to fully immerse themselves in video games or any other kind of virtual world. 
It makes use of triaxial gyroscopes, magnetometers, and accelerometers, as well as sensor fusion, the combining of sensory data to read, mo read movements. Combined with the Oculus Rift virtual reality headset, this is every gamer's dream. Sony's smart band is a waterproof wristband that tracks everything from physical activities and sleep patterns to how much the user is socialized with friends. And LG's life band touch can be paired with headphones and smartphone app to measure distance, speed, number of steps, calories consumed, and projected pace. And, uh, of course, as uh, I've bought myself a Pebble smartwatch, now they've released an update to their smartwatch, which looks like uh, a lot more like a normal uh, watch in metal called the Pebble Steel for 249 Ooh. US. And yes. I'm very tempted because it looks lovely. Oh, yeah, nice. Now, so so you're into How's your programming going with the smartwatches? You're still dabbling into into that? Uh, I took a break from programming during the holidays because I was on a break, but I started a new website called ozibyte.com, ozibyte.com, and uh, have a lot of information there about wearable and fitness technology. Right, and byte as in B-I-T-E? B-Y-T-E. Oh, one of those tricky ones, eh? Aussiebyte.com. Yep. Oh, let me go and have a look at that. Let's go and have a look at that now. Yeah. Let's have a look. Is it, is it good to look at? Do you want me to look at yeah, it? Yeah. Aussie. It's got a lovely WordPress um, theme on there and uh, a lot of photos and things. Let's have a look and see if we can go. O-O-Z. Why can't I type into there? Why does that keep dinging at me? <laughs> no, well, there we go. Yeah, that problem the other night. <laughs> I know. Why does it keep dinging at me? I can't do it. Hang on. Let me close that. Open up again. And I'll see if I can go again. No, it's got a, it's dinging at me, Jace. I can't do it. Sorry. Can you what? type in the Google search box? No. No. Nothing. No. No. Can it I doesn't talk? like you. <laughs> why, why? 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 I don't understand that. Hang on. Let me have a look here. What if I stick a screenshot in the uh, show notes? Yeah. Okay. So we try. We try to do the right thing, and then you, you can't. I don't. Why would that? Why does that? Uh, not work. Like I've got, I'm, I'm focused on that window. Oh, there we go. We're working now. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Okay, let's try again. O Z Z I E O Z O Z I B Y one Z one Z O Z I B Y T E. Okay, let's have a look here. Aussiebyte.com. Here we comes. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, so you got a bit up there about the bit, the Fitbit, the Pebble. Yeah, that's a new one that's uh, coming out, the Fitbit Force, which unfortunately some people are having allergic reaction to and uh, getting a bit of dermatitis or a skin rash from it, and nobody knows why yet, but they're investigating that one. Oh, it'd be uh, probably impurities into the in the steel or the metal. Of the watch? Well, that's the thing. See, there's steel or metal doesn't touch you. It's only the um, rubber wristband. That's why it's a bit bizarre. Why doesn't the back, the back of the watch, why doesn't that touch your wrist? Because um, with the Fitbit devices, usually, as you can see with my one, it's just a little, tiny little device like that. And yeah. you, uh, with the other ones, it's got a rubber band that you slip it into the top of it. Okay. And the rubber band actually touches and wraps around your arm and the device itself never touches it. This whole thing here is completely sealed in uh, plastic as well. So there's no metal bits there to touch. And that's from Fitbit too. So yeah, okay. just the Fitbit but... force and not everybody, but um, a few people are complaining about it. So they're looking into what the problem is there. Hmm. So there's I have a, few... a question. Yes. Hmm. Sorry. <laughs> um, the, WordPress theme that you're using on because I've just brought up as well using Chrome and it looks like a um, like a tablet. Yeah, it's a really neat That's one. Great. Took That's me ages of so searching to find normal... something that I was really happy with. But uh, you just put the normal WordPress on there and do a search through themes, and uh, that one came up. I like them. That particular one, uh, I usually do a search for ones that are mobile responsive, so you don't need an extra plugin to do mobile. It does it built into it. It's got a lot of really cool features, like the slideshow that's at the top of the main page is built into it. You don't need an extra widget for that. Hmm, it's looking good, and you've got quite a lot of stories there. You, you, you know, you got a few. Yep, there's few probably a, probably um, double that still uh, already written, and it just schedules out every few days a new story. Oh yeah, nice work. Good stuff, Jace. Good stuff. 
Now, uh, look, you can contact or you can join us on Twitter if you like. The show is at Aussie Tech Heads, and everyone's got a Twitter account these days. And mine is at Glenn Goodman with two N's on Glenn. Jason is at Warlock, uh, W-A-U-L-O-K. And Shane is at Shane with a Y, 1973. So if you want to tweet us, you go for your life. You can also jump on and, and like our Facebook page. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech So jump in there. Every day just about, there'll be a free iOS app of the day. Normally, you have to pay for it. But on that particular day, it'll be free. And I put those up probably, hopefully, in the mornings. And Jace does the same for Android. So um, that's yep. pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, free apps every day. That you normally save money, save coin. That's what it's all about. Uh, I think uh, I don't think I need to mention anything else before we wrap the show up. Uh, don't forget the Aussie Max Zone. Uh, you can jump get that uh, on iTunes, or you can listen to that on the Phase FM, whatever takes your fancy. And uh, yeah, that's about the end of the show. Jace, you just you're finished. No more. That's it. Yep. Shane, no last thoughts next week. Yes. No, I'm good as far as stories and that go. I'm done. Good stuff. Well, I am done as well. So, okay, thanks for listening. And that's another episode done for this week. We'll be back next week for yet another show of Aussie Tech Heads. So until then, stay happy. Bye for now. Bye-bye.